0: you're listening to politics weekly to uh be big underdogs uh in the race uh for the uh, the presidency one of them is uh, joining me today we survive all those systems what's going to happen if you legalize it completely politics weekly is a podcast on politics news and principles everybody welcome back to politics weekly uh this week uh we are with uh information overlords uh thank you for joining me
1: uh thank you for having me how you doing
0: so tell us a little bit about your uh podcast uh information overlords All
1: right so information overlords is a joint effort between me and my friend uh Scroffle. uh we make uh, politics political tech content uh we're trying to gear it more towards like center-leaning people but we're obviously very uh, leftist in our principles mm-hmm. uh and we've just released our second episode recently it's about um you know the state of you know not the current state of capitalism but how capitalism in the triple uh, gaming
0: industry has always been you know i i guess uh, used to exploit workers and you know consumers alike so. mm-hmm all right um and where can people listen slash watch your podcast uh,
1: you can go to uh, information overlords on our youtube channel or you can look up uh, info
0: overlords on instagram.com all right then why don't we jump right into the news then uh so the first news story is involving new york congressman chris collins uh Chris Collins uh who represents uh uh New York's 27th district uh in the US House of Representatives announced uh he resigned this week uh the reason being because uh he uh, pleaded guilty to insider trading uh charges um okay. um uh Collins uh resigned from his seat, uh, well, he, this, this had been, the allegations that he had been behind insider trading, uh, had existed since last year, um, with Collins originally announcing last year that he would not run for another term, um, but, uh, eventually he did, as he was still on the ballot due to legal issues, uh, and he did win re-election, but, uh, he is now resigning, uh, what are your thoughts on Chris Collins resigning from the seat?
1: Well, I haven't really, I haven't known who Chris Collins is, uh, was before he resigned, but that, the insider, you know, the insider trading sounds really sketchy. Yeah. Um,
0: anyways, so, uh, um,
1: it looks like he was kind of like a uh, really assistant for uh, Donald Trump, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, he was a Trump supporter, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you think that there is any shot that the Democrats could get the seat in twenty twenty?
1: I think there's a shot, but I'm very, I'm very conflicted on that because here's the thing: the Democrats they could call out Trump for using his business to, you know, peddle money to the Saudi Arabia, uh Saudis and all that. Um, But they do the exact same thing, so it would just be hypocritical on them. So the only thing they really have to go for is the whole Biden situation, which I just don't care about.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, let's move on to that. So there's more updates uh, in that story. Um, The House uh, attempting to subpoena U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo for documents. However, Pompeo did miss the deadline to provide the documents that were uh needed uh, for the impeachment inquiry. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, that?
1: Uh, so just to kind of reiterate, he's, um, he missed the deadline to uh, submit documents?
0: Yes. Uh, Mike Pompeo, the U.S. Secretary of State, he was subpoenaed uh, by the House uh, in regards to the Ukraine investigation. Um, to uh release documents to the house um and he missed the deadline to do that uh what are your thoughts on that
1: well it's a shame that he missed the deadline but it's not something i guess i
2: wouldn't assume that he just forgot Mm you know like his like the democratic party
3: generally is very after you know uh these, you know, these sort of documents. And
1: especially, you know, they, they were barely even willing to release the, um, the phone
0: call with uh, the Ukrainian president. Mm-hmm. So... Do you think they should... Really, do you think they should move but, forward? But, Sorry, continue.
1: No, I was, I was just... Yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, do you think that uh, they should continue on with impeachment based on the Ukrainian situation?
1: Mm, I don't know. The Ukrainian situation is good enough for the impeachment, just like that alone. Uh, but, I mean, it's definitely worth a shot. Mm-hmm.
0: So with that, let's...
1: I'm electing him out of the office as well.
0: Yeah. Um, now, let's move on uh, to the next story then. So, uh, as we stated before, uh, in 2020, Demo- uh, Republicans would like to get the House back. Democrats would like to get the Senate back. Um uh and Democrats are targeting two seats in Georgia. Both Senate seats in Georgia are being targeted by the Democrats in 2020. Um as we talked about uh on a previous episode, Johnny Isaacson uh has announced uh, the uh Republican senator from Georgia announced that he would be resigning at the end of the year, um which would mean that a special election would have to be held in 2020. Um, David Perdue is also running for re-election in Georgia in 2020, which means there will be two uh, seats uh, up in 2020. Uh, Republican Governor Brian Kemp uh, will get to appoint a new Republican successor uh, to Isaacson by the end of the year. Um, right now, we don't know. We still don't know who the Republican uh, appointment will be, but we do know. Uh, one Democrat uh, that will be running, and that is businessman Matt Lieberman. He is the first major Democrat to run. Uh, Lieberman, if that name sounds familiar, is actually the son of uh, former uh, U.S. Uh, former Connecticut Senator Joe Lieberman, who served as both a Democrat and an Independent during his time in the United States Senate. He was also the two thousand Uh, Democratic nominee for Vice President and was a Candidate for President uh, In 2004 Um, Lieberman's son Matt Lieberman Has announced that he will Be uh, seeking out that Seat making him the first major Democrat to seek out That seat in 2020 What are your thoughts on Matt Lieberman The son of Joe Lieberman uh, Announcing his candidacy for the Special election in Georgia
1: well, um, I mean, I, I'm just now looking him up. I mean, his background seems pretty interesting. He has a background in neuroscience, or I guess this is the right guy? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's L-I-E-B-E-R, man, right? I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah, he definitely seems to have an interesting uh, background there. I just don't know what his policy positions are like.
0: Yeah. Now, Joe Lieberman, the father, was uh, considered a more moderate uh, Democrat, um, and actually endorsed uh, John McCain's candidacy for president in 2008 uh, over Barack Obama's candidacy for president. Um, and uh, Lieberman was also known, uh, he was originally a Democrat for many years, but then he lost a primary uh, for re-election in 2006. Um, so he ended up running as an independent instead and he ended up winning that race as an independent um, and he's been an independent ever since but that's the father that's not Matt Lieberman the son he's he's okay. Matt Lieberman's father alright well I mean his father seems smart you know going for the majority vote
1: there I think uh, hmm. so it'll be interesting I mean whatever we can do to win I think the Senate I think that's a, a really important thing right? regardless of whether or not we actually win the presidency or not I think it'll be good to have Democrats in the Senate
0: mhm All right, Uh, so why don't we uh, continue on. So uh, the next story uh, regarding uh, Bernie Sanders, Vermont Senator and 2020 presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, hoping to win the presidency. Uh, Most polls show him coming uh, averaging third. Uh, in most polls, behind former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden and former Massachusetts, or in sorry, uh, current Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, but the Vermont senator uh, gave his supporters a bit of a scare this week um, after suffering a heart attack. Um, uh, Bernie Sanders announced that he will be taking a break uh, from uh, many campaign events. Uh, saying uh, he would be off until further notice Um, however and we're going to talk about the debates in a second uh, after this story he did say that he is planning to participate uh, in the next round of debates which he did qualify for Uh, what are your thoughts on Bernie Sanders suffering a heart attack
1: well you know it's sad but you know I mean hopefully he's doing okay I hope he's recovering uh, you know, I did. I did donate to him, so it would suck if he just died. You know, right before, <laughs> right before he, um, you know, could do anything. Uh, but I really am looking forward uh, to seeing him on the next uh, Democratic debate, as you know, flawed as those are. Yeah. Let me just get this in here because because the speakers, you know, they don't really have a whole lot of time to, you know, justify their positions, and mm. you know, the ones that we do, you know the ones we already hear the most from, they tend to talk the most, so.
0: All right. Um, uh, Do you think this could hurt his campaign chances?
1: I mean, it definitely can. I mean, just health-wise, if, you know, he's not able to, you know, uh, recover, recover himself on his physical level, which, I mean, i I mean, he should definitely still be able to, you know, give a decent speech at the Democratic debates. But overall, I'm not too worried about it. Mm -hmm. But hopefully, you know, nothing more comes of it.
2: Hmm.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's uh, continue on then to the next story. Uh, So the next story uh, is regarding the Democratic the 2020 uh democratic uh primary debates uh the fourth round uh of de- well it'll only be one debate they now announced- it was previously reported that it would be another round of debates with six candidates on one stage and six candidates on the other stage but the democratic national committee now confirming that that's not true they will have uh a one stage debate featuring all 12 candidates uh, who qualified, uh, which means this will be one of the largest debate lineups uh, in history for any major party uh, debate. Um, the debate will be a collaboration um, between uh, CNN and the New York Times. Um, we now know which candidates will participate. The candidates participating um, on the October 15th debate Uh, That's when it's being held, October 15th. will include uh, former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, businessman Andrew Yang, California Senator Kamala Harris, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, former US Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Julian Castro, uh, businessman Tom Steyer, and uh, you and Hawaii congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. these are the 12 candidates that qualified for this debate. Um, what are your thoughts on the lineup? Um, and who do you think has the biggest potential to win this debate?
1: Well, you know, as I said before, of course, I'm rooting for Bernie, uh, or Warren, if, you know, if you know, that's the best we can get, uh, we got, um, uh, Pete, Dut- Puget- uh, Pete Dutage and, you know, some of the other ones, like, Bart-
0: Um, uh, now who do you think has, or now this is essentially the same lineup as last time with the exception of two candidates, those two being Steyer and Gabbard. Do you think that either of those two candidates, uh, have any potential to add anything to this debate round?
1: Well, Tulsa Gabbard has a lot of military uh, backgrounds, and, you know, she does speak up about a lot of the corruption that happens here in the States, so hopefully she has something to, you know, offer, you know, on on that front.
0: Alright, well, let's move on then. So, speaking of the debates, uh, he made uh, all of the debates so far and is scheduled to make the next debate, uh, but... Uh, but former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Julian Castro uh, is in jeopardy of not qualifying for the sixth debate, in which there are heightened um, requirements. Um, and now he's claiming it could hurt his own chances. Uh, the uh, the former uh, U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development and the uh, former mayor of San Antonio, Texas, saying in a chain email uh, to supporters that he uh, must qualify for the next debate uh, in December um, or he will have to drop out. He is threatening his supporters saying that he will drop out if he uh, does not make it um, and therefore encouraged his supporters uh, in this email chain uh, to donate to his campaign to ensure that he could make it onto the next debate stage in December which would thus um, which according to him would thus stop any chances of him dropping out anytime soon. Um, What are your thoughts on Julian Castro threatening to drop out?
1: Well, it's definitely interesting that he. He chooses to have the last minute, uh, to, you know, sort of let his supporters know to uh donate. I mean, if he did it like you know, how Bernie Sanders did it, he would have kept the communication, you know, pretty
0: consistent, you know, throughout the entire run. Um but yeah, I just think that's very strange. Um, do you think it's a good strategy or do you think it's or do you think it's an effective strategy or do you not think? I, it's- I
1: don't think it's I don't think it's very effective at all, but hey, if his supporters, you know, are willing to donate,
2: then, you know, they can go ahead and do it. (laughs) But Yeah. But I
1: just don't think it's very effective, just given how last minute it is.
0: So you don't think this is going to help save him from from not qualifying for the next debate?
3: Uh, Unfortunately
1: not. I mean, usually debates are pretty good for, you know, getting your... Your, you know uh, a voice out there and you know he has been able to you know have his effective moments at times but you know very I don't know he was very uh, little uh barely even regarded you know after the fact so I mean we'll see even if he does make the uh democratic debates this year or this time around um I'm not really sure what else he could add
0: hmm um now some people are saying that uh, him going after Biden the way he did in the last debate hurt him. Do you agree with that? Well, <laughs>
1: well, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. I have to watch that one debate get, again, but a lot of people went after Biden, you know. Uh, like, pretty much ever since that first debate, you know, people have just kind of, like, been taking their rounds on him. Yeah, And I think people are kind of taking advantage because it's like, you know, I, I really do think, like, Biden is experiencing some sort of uh, decline cognitively you mm. know and like we see him like say a bunch of really questionable stuff like some like as there are points where he doesn't even remember you know Obama's name mm. there are you know and he even said uh, at one point that you know uh, white uh, white kids are just as smart as poor uh, as uh, poor kids or some some weird like that yeah. so I don't know he said a lot of weird things and I don't know if he has that, like, you know, uh, uh, stability, but I don't know if this, uh, uh, pretty much hurt, uh, Julian Castro at all.
0: Yeah. Um, now, um, let's move on to the next story. So Andrew Yang could be under, uh, uh, heat from one of his former staffers. Uh, one of his former staffers now claiming uh, that andrew yang uh fired him for getting married um now yang is uh denying this uh but in uh but still many people uh are still trying to throw heat at, at uh yang for this what are your thoughts
1: mm, i mean the people should be doing uh, yang heat for his policy positions i'm not really sure what you know, when some guy
0: getting married. I mean, that's very—that's a very strange reason to you know fire someone for getting married. Yeah. Um. Do you believe uh, Yang actually did that, or do you believe that that's not true?
1: Firing. Yeah. I'm just—I'm just now hearing about this, so this is very strange. I—I uh, I mean, I honestly think it's the whole thing is very weird. I mean, whether or not he did it, you know, is. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I'm firing. Dang.
0: Yeah. Alright, well why don't yeah, I,
1: all I can say is, all I can say is that I am I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure what to think, basically.
0: Yeah. Okay then. Uh why don't we move on? So uh Corey Lewandowski, uh Corey Lewandowski, the former Trump campaign manager, previously hinted that he would be uh, running for US Senate in New Hampshire uh, challenging incumbent Democratic Senator, uh, Janine Shaheen, uh, in a state Hillary Clinton carried by less than a point. Um, however, now he is indicating that that might not be the case anymore. Uh, Lewandowski, um, admitted that when he went in front of, uh, Congress, uh, and took on California Congressman, uh, Eric Swalwell after being subpoenaed, um, some uh, people uh, speculated that, that that he might have had a U.S. Senate bid in mind. Uh, Lewandowski uh, said um, that that was uh, in his mind, uh, but he is also saying now um, that his main priority is to help get President Trump re-elected, uh, and as a result, he does not... Uh, uh, and as a result... Um, running for Senate is less of a priority. Uh, This has led many to believe that he is no longer considering a run for U.S. Senate against Janine Shaheen. What are your thoughts? Well,
1: it's not very surprising, you know, given that, you know, he's just another... I think a lot of these, you know, uh, bigger, you know, congressmen, especially in New York, you know, they definitely benefit from whatever Trump does,
0: and it doesn't really matter the ethics behind it. You know? Mm Hmm. Um... Good. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the potential for him uh, running for Senate? Um, I mean, he can he he, he
1: can try. I mean, with you know, how everything looks publicly right now, I don't know if he's gonna get that many votes. Mm.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, do you think that New Hampshire could be a competitive state in two thousand and twenty?
1: I mean, it depends on well let's see what what, what, what color was it the last election? After?
0: Well, uh, in 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton won the state, but by less than a point. Um,
2: mm.
1: I mean it could it, it could uh, t- potentially be a competitive state. It just depends on where the majority of the votes go. Yeah. But I think, you know, like most states, I think it should have, you know, you know, a fair bit of competition.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, why don't we move on? So, uh, a one of Trump's cabinet members is saying that he will resign at the end of the year. Uh, U.S. Secretary of Energy Rick Perry has announced that he will leave his office uh, as Secretary of Energy, at the end of the year, um, he has said that he uh, he enjoyed serving the president, but he says it's now his time to step down. He has said that by the end of the year, he will retire. What are your thoughts on Rick Perry announcing his retirement as U.S. Secretary of Energy? Hello. Well.
1: Hey. Hey. I mean, honestly, I just wish that whole cabinet would resign, but, <laughs> but let me see. Mm. I mean, all right, I'm just like looking through, I- I'm just seeing some of his policies right here. It looks like he has a lot of the. I mean, I don't know, the problem with the whole cabinet really is that, like, you know, it seems more like a connections, you know, base sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so, like, looking into this uh, Perry guy now, it's just hard to, you know, kind of hard
2: to put him down.
0: Hmm. Uh, Alright, why don't we move on to another story then. Uh, so this story is about Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema. Uh, cinema made history when she was elected to, uh, Congress, uh, to the U.S. Senate, uh, last November, making her the first, uh, Democrat to win a Senate seat in Arizona in almost 20 years, uh, or over 20 years, uh, 24 years, um, but, uh, now some Democrats are not happy with the voting record she currently holds. Um, the Arizona Democratic Party made an attempt to censure her for her moderate voting record, in the United States Senate, um, right now, um, uh, uh, Arizona Democrats uh, re, uh, voted uh, whether they were going to uh, censure her uh, due to a request from the Progressive Caucus and the uh, in the Progressive uh, Democrats of America and the Arizona Democratic Party. Um, the Arizona coordinator for Progressive Democrats of America, Dan O'Neill, uh, said to a local ABC station in Arizona, he said he was, quote, very concerned with Sinema's voting record in Congress. Quote, we want her to vote like a Democrat rather than supporting, uh, rather than supporting Trump half the time. Um, uh, and some uh, uh, according to 538, uh, cinema votes with President Trump uh, more than half of the time, despite being a Democrat. Uh, in spite of that, uh, the resolution failed um, and the Arizona Democratic Party declined to censure uh, Kirsten Cinema. What are your thoughts on uh, the attempt to censure Kirsten Cinema? Uh, well, I think it's very interesting that Cinema is voting for Trump like half the time, despite being a Democrat. Uh,
1: it definitely seems like there's some sort of you know financial incentive there. Um. So, so real quick, uh, what do you mean when you say a uh, censure?
0: Um. Well, let me pull up the exact definition. Um, so, uh, it's to express disapproval of, uh, in a formal, uh, statement. Um, now, uh, um, when it comes to, uh, a congressman, uh, a con, so this will often happen with a congressman, um, where other congressmen will, uh, will try to Censure that congressman and and to disapprove of them being in the Congress. Um, uh, I think the biggest example I can think of um, uh, was in uh, the 1990s when there was a Republican senator from uh, from Oregon and he was accused of sexual assault. the man's uh, name, was Mark, Mark Hatfield, that was his name, Mark Hatfield. And so he uh, originally refused to resign and decline the uh, the allegations, but the Congress ended up censuring him um, uh, because they believed that there was credible allegations against him. So ultimately that forced him to resign. So essentially what it is is it's just a resolution to disapprove uh, of uh, that congressman. Now, if the Arizona Democratic Party was trying to uh, censure cinema, that might not be good for her. Real some people might argue that's not good for her re-election chances because uh, that could lead to uh, say the next time she's up in 2024 losing to a Democratic opponent in a primary setting. Um, but what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I still, uh, I don't know, so the censure is basically
0: when Congress, you know, disapproves, you know, the, you know, the uh, candidate, right? R- right. Uh, in this case, it wouldn't be Congress disapproving of them, it would be the Arizona Democratic Party disapproving of them Okay, soda. so
1: it's just, it's just like, whenever a party, you know, disagrees with, you know, what a candidate is doing.
0: Yes. Or what a so, member yeah, of Congress I mean, is doing, yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't definitely. I definitely wouldn't blame them if they wanted to, you know, you know, disapprove of, you know, um, what's
1: her name, Cinema, Kirsten uh, Cinema, yeah, voting for Trump, yeah, voting for Trump. You know, half the time, I think there's something disingenuous, you know, definitely going on there.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, do you think the next time Cinema runs, she should she could get legitimate challenge from a primary challenger or another Democrat?
1: Whatever challenge there may be, uh, there, there, there would definitely be a there would definitely be a challenge.
0: All right. Um, well, let's move on then to the next story. So the next story uh, is involving um, Trump's tax returns. Uh, California previously passed a bill to try and keep Trump off the ballot uh, in California. If he did not provide uh, his tax returns, um, uh, but uh, recently that was overturned by one of the courts uh, in uh, in California, um, the courts uh, saying that that was ruling that that proposal was unconstitutional. Therefore, the bill that was passed by uh, the le- state legislature in California will not be going into effect and Donald Trump will remain uh, on the ballot for president uh, in 2020. What are your thoughts uh, on that happening? Well, I made this point earlier, but I think it is important that we do get, you
2: know, that the Senate, I don't know if that, you know, affects anything, but I, th- I think it is important to at least
1: get the Senate, you know, in 2020 because of, you know, stuff like this where you know, he can just kind of uh, not releases tax returns still even uh, even after you know 2016, you know, and just completely you know uh, go under the radar that way. Uh, so I think it is important that we do get uh, democratic Democrats back into you know the uh, Senate or and, and the House really, but either way you know uh, we have to be able to uh, hold Donald Trump accountable when he does you know stuff like this.
0: All right, well. Let's, uh, move on to the next story. So the next story involves, uh, net neutrality. Um, so if you're a supporter of net neutrality, you're probably not going to be happy by this news. Um, but, uh, the, uh, proposal, uh, by the FEC, uh, to, uh, kill net neutrality, um, has been upheld. It was challenged before in the courts, uh, but the, uh, uh, the DC Court of Appeals just ruled uh, that the that net neutrality uh, is constitutional, or no, that getting rid of net neutrality is constitutional and it is legal, and they support uh, getting uh, rid uh, of that uh, proposal this week. What are your thoughts?
1: Man, that's, I didn't even hear about that. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I've known about this going on for quite some time. I remember there was a big stink about it, with the FCC, you know, trying to do you know stuff like this, you know, last year. But it's just sad that you know it's come to this point now where it's like you know it's ruled, it's actually being ruled as constitutional to just uh, overrule, you know, the you know how the internet is distributed, when how it's always been distributed as well.
0: Hmm. Uh. All right. Uh. So. Uh... Um, any other stories you wanted to talk about today?
1: Um, no, I think we've covered a lot today, so I think I'm good.
0: All right, well, thank you again for joining me, sir. Before you go, do you want to tell people where you can be found?
1: Uh, yes, so I can be found on, uh, Overlords It's on youtube.com. I also also have my own, uh, channel, which is very non-political. It's called Operation Smithy. Okay. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube as well and then of course info over, or info overlords is I-N-F-O-B-E-R-O L-O-R-D-Z underscore you know on Instagram and yeah that's pretty much
0: alright thank you sir
1: alright thank you bye
3: We need to call it out. We need to attack it head on. And we need to make structural change in our government, in our economy, and in our country.
2: She is one of the most popular and well-known sitting Democratic senators. Her polarizing views have bounced her up to the top of the 2020 Democratic field. This is Elizabeth Warren, and this is her story. The candidates. Keep America great.
0: Their story. Yeah, you're always, when you're young, you're always patted on the head and told that
1: you're the future. But I'm interested in what you can bring to the present.
2: And their fight for the White House.
3: I have the most progressive record of anybody running. If you look at Joe's record and you look at my record, I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive. Presidential profiles 2020. How we could actually make this government work, not just for a thin slice at the top, but make it work for everyone else. I
0: think that, sir, if people want to speculate about running mates, I encourage that, because I think that Joe Biden would be a great running mate as vice president.
2: Elizabeth Ann Herring was born on June 22, 1949, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, to Pauline and Donald. Warren has described her family's situation as middle class. She and her family grew up in Norman, Oklahoma. For many years, she claimed to be of Native American descent, a claim that landed her in hot water. Her family fell into debt after her father got a heart attack. Her mother found a job at a Sears shop. Herring herself intended on becoming a teacher, but dropped out of college to marry Jim Warren at age 19. She got a job at IBM, forcing her to move to Houston before moving to New Jersey for a job offer Jim received. They had two children together before divorcing. She eventually married law professor Bruce Mann just two years after divorcing Jim. Warren taught at a school for children with disabilities before pursuing a career as a lawyer. She became a professor at Rutgers University. She shortly taught at Harvard as well. In 2008, then-Senate Majority Leader and Nevada Senator Harry Reid appointed Warren to an oversight committee. President Barack Obama controversially appointed her, too, as the special advisor for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau before 2010.
0: It now looks as though the President Obama, the administration, is poised to appoint Elizabeth Warren to head up the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau.
2: Warren retired after less than a year to run for U.S. Senate in Massachusetts. In the Democratic primary, she faced state lawmaker Tom Conroy and Newton Mayor Setti Warren. Ultimately, Warren won the nomination and faced incumbent Republican Senator Scott Brown, who was seeking a full term in office. The race became the most nationally watched non-presidential race of the 2012 election season. In 2011, Warren gained traction for a viral video where she explains her economic plan. However, Warren's past Native American claims came to light. Brown ran a moderate campaign for re-election. Warren was a keynote speaker at the 2012 Democratic National Convention, advocating for the re-election of President Barack Obama. The race became close, but Warren opened up a lead in the final weeks of campaigning.
3: I'm Elizabeth Warren. I'm running for the United States Senate. And before you hear a bunch of ridiculous attack ads, I want to tell you who I am.
2: In November, Warren defeated Brown by a 54-46% to margin. Warren began drafting legislation to add more Wall Street regulations. Many people have categorized her positions as left-wing populism. Many rumors began circulating that she'd run for president in 2016, but Warren declined. Many progressives hoped she'd endorse Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, as many compared her policies with his. However, she controversially endorsed former U.S. Secretary of State, former New York Senator and former U.S. First Lady Hillary Clinton. This was a decision that led to protests outside of Warren's Senate office. Many rumors stimulated that Clinton might choose Warren as her running mate, which would in turn lead to a two-woman ticket. However, Virginia's Senator, former Governor and former Richmond Mayor Tim Kaine was chosen instead.
3: You were asked why a career as a Wells Fargo insider like you, uh, why that made you the right person to fix the fundamental problems at the bank. And you said, quote, because I've been making change for 29 plus years at Wells Fargo.
2: Clinton eventually lost to New York businessman Donald Trump. Warren became an instant critic of Trump. Trump attacked Warren for false claims of Native American heritage. We're here. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago, they call her a The conflict was settled when Warren released data showing she was only one in 1,024 Native American, sparking outrage from Native American tribes. Warren ran for re election in 2018 facing Republican state lawmaker Jeff Beale by a landslide 60 to 36% margin. Warren announced in late 2018 that she'd be running for president. Some polls show her in the top three Democrats running in the 2020 election, with some even showing her in second behind former U.S. Vice President and former Delaware Senator Joe Biden. Now, she hopes to America's 46th president.
3: This is the fight of our lives.
2: For more Presidential Profiles 2020, keep it right here on Politics Weekly.